0: Welcome to Who New. We are fans of the current series of Doctor Who and here we discuss our likes, dislikes, and insights into the modern regeneration of the show. Subscribe, review, and listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher or our YouTube channel, youtube.com/slash podcast. All our episodes are on WhoNewPodcast.com. You can leave comments there or email us at WhoNewPodcast at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram and Twitter account. Tweet at us at WhoNew Podcast and find us on Facebook. Today's episode is episode 7 of season 5, Amy's Choice. When faced with two realities, it's up to Amy to choose the real life from the dream and death. This episode is written by Simon Nye, directed by Catherine Morsehead. It originally aired on the 15th of May, 2010, and was watched by 7.55 million viewers. Hi, this is Eugene. Let's introduce ourselves. This is Brian.
1: Hi, this is Kelsey, and this is definitely the real one. This is Josh. Hey, this is
2: Heather. Hello,
0: this is Auburn. Hi, this is Frank. The Doctor returns to Earth five years after parting ways with Amy and Rory. Now they are happily married, expecting their first child and living in a small, quaint town. And Rory has a ponytail. As in all small, quaint towns, something odd lies below the surface. As they are having a pleasant, dull conversation, they hear the birds begin to chirp very loudly, and the trio falls asleep. They awake back on the TARDIS, this time five years in the past. They realize they all had the same dream of the town, and the doctor investigates the warning lights blinking on the TARDIS console. The sound of birds chirping is heard once more, which again puts them to sleep. They awake back in the quaint town and feel like this is real, and they only dreamt of being in the TARDIS. Which reality is the real one, or are they traveling through two points in time?
1: First of all, that's that's an intro, man. Thank Probably you. one of the best cold opens in Doctor Who history.
3: But seeing Amy pregnant, you know, something's going on, and then you see the ponytail, it's like, okay, something bad <laughs> is going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the whole hair and ponytail. It wasn't just the ponytail, but everything was like, that's just off. That's so wrong.
0: I was going to say, I like how it starts with the music, like, like carefree, ukulele, lighthearted. And peaceful and yeah. Boring. And he's riding a bike, which reminds me of uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. That's sort of... Mm theme, you know, with the
3: musically going on. Raindrops. Speaking drugs. of which... Yes. Exactly! Yes. <laughs> Raindrops fall in your head, and you just look at this, it's pouring mm-hmm. the entire time they're filming. My
4: favorite part is uh, when um, the doctor's delayed realization that she's pregnant. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, your size, your size. and And Rory's age. it's the only two differences speaking of her being pregnant here's here's that exchange the doctor you swallowed a planet amy i'm pregnant the doctor you're huge amy yeah i'm pregnant the doctor look at you when worlds collide amy (laughs) doctor i'm pregnant the doctor look at you both five years later and you haven't changed a bit apart from age and size amy it's good to see you doctor the doctor are you pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> just, the exchange of the banter is just great between these two, uh, three.
5: I really liked when uh, Amy calls to Rory and they have the sequence of shots where it's like a bird flying off of a tree mm-hmm. and then gets wider and wider and then Rory is biking in. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Kelsey has done something similar in a video. I'm thinking the the puppet oh, video. Yeah, but yeah, I was going yeah, to I, I research because I, I feel like that's a common sequence, but I don't know where it got started. So if somebody knows some film history. Oh, yeah.
3: I think it has some good lines and some good writing in this episode. Oh, yeah. The, there's some great...
4: Subtle uh, uh, like innuendos and, and um, just looks that they give each other and reactions. I, st- I I was trying to I was I didn't write anything down, but it was kind of constant. This is one of the funniest episodes that isn't on the page. I think it's just a lot of looks they give each other and beats and, Ro- and Rory's reaction behind the doctor and yeah. even Amy's reaction and then like just just little little. Little things and stuff. It's it's really. This is definitely an episode you have to watch. You can't really just listen to it and appreciate it as mm-hmm. much.
6: I love it when they're uh, happy about the reunion, and Amy's like, "So, so you're visiting us? I never thought you would visit us. I we never thought we'd see you ever again." And he's like, "What? What? I don't abandon people." And she just goes, "You came here by mistake, right? <laughs> I came here by mistake." Okay. <laughs> Which you know begins the kind of uh, theme of the Doctor abandoning people.
1: Yeah, no, that's a really good line that I think I missed on the first couple of viewings because it's so quick.
5: Back to Josh and piggybacking off of Brian. It was like really hard to take notes because it keeps jumping back and forth really quick and... If you are trying to dissect it, you're like, wow, we just keep reliving the same beats. Mm -hmm. But if you sit back and watch it, it's so enjoyable to, like, get taken through the story because it just does keep you moving. You
1: don't even realize that it's a cold open. You just feel like you're So much has happened. Yeah, so much has happened. And then the last shot with the doctor walking... um, Closer to the camera, and Rory and Amy in the background. He goes, "This is going to be a doozy." Right. It's like you know you're in for a fun yeah. episode, and I love that.
4: Uh, well, even just the wig, the wig tells you that they didn't, they may they could, and I understand this is still in the in the timeline production-wise that they're not the biggest, biggestest the biggest. They they're not the biggest budget show, but knowing that they didn't put any more effort into that wig tells you that like this is going to be. A fun, funny episode.
2: No, because it's for Rory, so they're like clearly this right. is the amount of effort that he would put into his hair. Right. In this and world.
4: It wasn't. It wasn't just like they put a little extension on. They had to give him a whole
6: wig. Right. <laughs> But I love when they jump back to the TARDIS. First, Amy and then the Doctor are like, "Let's. What's different? What's?" Then di-? they both check for the ponytail right away. <laughs>
4: I didn't catch the maybe that's at the end. You said.
6: Uh, Amy does it first, and then when Rory, I think, is talking with Amy, oh, the Doctor comes up it, behind him and is yes. like. Like, he's got, like, scared eyes, uh, like, I'm going to move the hoodie, uh, 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 Oh, uh, you know. That's great. And then and the
0: doctor's also examining Amy's belly at one point, yes. or, like, visually oh, examining right, yeah. it.
1: In the TARDIS? Or yeah, when they the
0: jump bed. back yes. to oh, TARDIS. I,
6: I understand. After he does, after really? he checks for when the they, ponytail, they first show up he back opens up her uh, oh, jacket. Right, right, oh, right. Oh, I
4: missed that. Well, she also comes out cl- clutching her stomach, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. it's different,
3: yeah.
6: Rory is referring to this as a nightmare, and the TARDIS is a nightmare, and the Doctor's referring to it as a dream,
3: and vice yeah. versa, and vice versa. Yeah,
6: but it is still like Rory doesn't even consider the Upper Ledworth a nightmare. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, well, to a him, nice dream. it's his
2: ideal future. Yeah, these three are so good with each other, though. If uh, this is episode eight, right? Seven. Seven. So if you weren't convinced by now that this is a good Doctor. And these are good companions. I think maybe this, especially where the episode ends, yeah, it, it puts everything... Uh, this is almost a turning point episode. I guess we'll get... It is a turning point episode. Yeah. Um,
4: I was thinking the same thing. We'll get to that when we talk about that moment, but... I thought the same.
3: But also shows Rory being essential to the trio. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think adding Rory in there really makes all three of them work well together. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I still was having major issues, so it's not for me yet. At not the, even at, at the, the time. end.
2: Not even at the end? We'll, we'll cross not at that the bridge <laughs> when we get there. Oh, definitely not at the end. Okay. Yeah. All right, interesting.
6: Once again on the TARDIS, the alarm is still going when the power shuts off. The birds chirp and they are back in the town. They notice all the people of a retirement home are watching them, so they go inside to poke around. Back on the lifeless TARDIS, which is getting very cold because of the power loss. Suddenly, a man calling himself the Dream Lord appears. He tells Amy he has seen her dreams and that she needs to choose between her two men. One world is fake and the other is real. To make it interesting, both will have deadly challenges and that she must choose which is real to keep them alive.
5: The TARDIS set is just so cool. I know I've said that like every episode that we've been on this new TARDIS. But they keep showing it
6: off. And when they're talking I mean, to each other through the floor. Yeah, the different floor. levels
5: and all the set design on the around the console, under yeah. the console. It's, it's just great.
6: There's another very, very Doctor line. And even, even back in the day, I thought this was a great Doctor line. Something doesn't make sense. Let's
0: go poke it with a stick.
6: Uh-huh. That yeah. very Doctor line.
0: The curiosity of the Doctor shining yeah. through a dialogue. Yeah.
2: You could argue that's the motto of the show.
0: Yeah, no, I <laughs> like that. Toby Jones is the actor, right? Yes. Do you want to tell us where we've seen him before? Everywhere. We've seen him everywhere. Every, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> where haven't you seen him? Or heard him before? <laughs> or, yeah. More specifically, he played uh, Armin Zola in the Marvel movies, starting with Captain America. Uh, first First Avenger Avenger. Mm -hmm. and then he was in Hunger Games he was in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom Uh, the ones that I wrote down uh, he was uh, in Sherlock he was Culverton Smith in The Lying Detective on season 4 he's the voice of Dobby in Harry Potter
1: (gasps) wait I didn't know that I didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so exciting (laughs) sponsored
4: by Coca-Cola
0: he's Dobby (laughs) he's Smee in Finding Neverland and this is where I remember him for the first time was Ollie Weeks in The Mist with Fra- Stephen King's The Mist with Frank Darabont. Never seen it. It's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> but he does a good job here. I agree. Um, when the, the time shifts or the reality shift, the, the music cue, it sounds like to me, uh, reminds me of uh, Forest of the Dead, where it's that reverse quality. So it goes back from Donna being in her dream and something going wrong. Yes, yeah, it is very similar. So it reminds me a lot of that. So I like that.
2: Oh, I would have to go back. I wish I could, I want to watch these episodes with you so you can just talk about music the whole time.
0: That's all my notes on music. Just
2: <laughs> <laughs> or you can talk about music for 30 seconds. That's fine too. <laughs>
0: Toby Jones also
4: played uh, Hitchcock in uh, The Girl, which was a Hitch- uh, TV movie. Sort of biopic about his obsession, I think, with, was it Janet Leigh from, uh, I, thought be I thought it was Hedren. I
3: He had, 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 had obsessions the with Annie Yeah, blonde. with that, yeah. The doctor goes into the retirement home and calls them very old people. When he's talking to Mrs. Poggett, and her look is threatening, which I kind of liked. Okay, so what is going on with them? He sees them as very old, and he's already, you know, centuries old. I think at this point, is he nine hundred? I can't remember what. He's nine hundred seven. Yeah, yeah. at this point.
6: Yeah, and and the other, and the other, the other uh, residents react to that as well. So they are telling the viewer, wink, wink, something's important. So on first viewing, it looks like they're just insulted.
2: Yeah, no, I didn't catch right. on first viewing, so I figured they just and didn't like being called that.
6: Right. Plus, on top of it, that is the ugliest sweater I've ever seen, and I want it.
4: <laughs> the, the, the one he wears?
6: The one? Doesn't even have to have this, the missing sleeve. I just
3: want it. I'm sure some fan crocheter uh, has made it. <laughs> Speaking of clothes, when the doctor comes back to the town, he pulls out his suspender, which is blue. On the TARDIS, he has more of a red maroon tie and suspenders. And in the town, it's blue tie and suspenders.
1: So the outfits between the two worlds are different? A reverse Uh kind of coloring. Because Amy
3: in town...
0: It's got the blue and the red, correct? No, she has red and blue. She has (laughs) red over
3: a blue. Same thing. She has a big... And the other one is blue naming the colors. I'm not... more of an orangey red. So hers are reversed. Yeah. And then Rory is all blue in town. And it's the same exact maroon as the tie in his sweatshirt when he's on the TARDIS. It's a subtle little thing where the doctor and Rory are the same and Amy's opposite.
4: Uh, Ray Holman was the costume designer of this episode. Well done, Ray. Good on you. Good job.
5: I I know they they called it out in the show but I like how the dream lord is also always reflecting yeah. the doctor's look
0: cuz he starts off as the doctor like uh, item for item and then later on he's like wearing a three piece suit like a real doctor
5: I think at one point he is wearing a poncho after Amy yes. makes Yes, yeah, he does for wear them. a poncho. Yeah. Poncho spoiler.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one resident, I don't want to say old person. <laughs> Walk? Old. pensioner? Pensioner. Yeah. She walks by and she says, "Hello, doctor." And they both respond with, "Hello." Mm-hmm. And then he, and then the doctor turns to Rory and goes, "Oh, you're a doctor now."
1: Yeah, and well, unlike, unlike you, you <laughs> unlike you, I passed the exams. T- yeah,
2: yeah. This is really everything Rory ever wanted. Right. But nobody else agrees. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I want to know why is it Amy's choice? Or should we talk about that after? Yeah, let's talk about that later. Skip that. Cut that.
6: There's a lot of good character lines, little character bits, but I don't know exactly where they pop in because they're popping back and forth so much in all this. So I'm just going to throw one out right now. I like how um, at one point they refer to the realities as one's a time machine and one's a village time forgot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good way to separate the two. And it's
3: very Doctor versus Rory. But both are timeless.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
3: <Mwah. laughs>
0: They wake up in the retirement home, and the dream lord continues. If you die in the fake world, you will wake up in reality, and his little game is over. But if you die in the real world, well, you're dead, stupid. (laughs) He says that he has always been able to see through the doctor, which makes Amy ask about their history. Instead of answering her, he disappears, and the doctor tells them that he doesn't recognize this man. They go outside and see children playing in the park. The children walk out of sight, followed by the old woman from the retirement home. They go to see what she is up to and hear the chirping again. Back on the TARDIS, Amy gathers some blankets and gets into a fight with Rory about which life each prefers. Rory winds up a makeshift generator and the viewscreen turns on to show the TARDIS drifting toward a cold star. If they don't get power soon, they will all freeze to death. The Dream Lord appears and tells them not to spend too long in town because this reality will only get colder.
6: There's a good point in this when they're running Well, they're walking out towards the park and Amy goes into labor and it's big concern, big concern. And everybody's, oh, no, not now. And we have to take care of it. Oh, this is this is monumental. This is monumental. And then she's like, no, I'm fine. Don't ever call my life dull again. I liked that because you kind of needed you kind of needed a reason that Amy would choose this life, because other than that, she is really kind of like it's boring but it's my life and I like it. And that
3: hit home really well, I thought. Yeah, because she was also it really like, put the doctor in his place. That's and, what she was doing. She <laughs> yeah, also I like needed that. to put the doctor in his
6: place.
1: Yeah, I mean, I watched this episode just a couple weeks. Like, I watched it and then a couple weeks passed and I watched it again. And at that moment, I forgot that Amy was proving <laughs> a point. I thought she really was going into labor, you know, so when she's like then turns it on the doctor and i was like aha (laughs) and i was like i just watched this two weeks ago how did i not remember that that was the point but it's it's this episode it's just so because the episode's fun and
3: you have to watch it a bit more passively you know as you were saying earlier you can't try and dissect it you can't just analyze it it's like this one you just have to go on this ride i love all the character beats and what the
6: characters say. You know, and just when we were watching it last night, I got another one. The fight between Rory and Amy when she's pulling out the blankets... And I mean, it's a subtle
3: fight, but it yeah. shows so
6: much. You know, and he's like,
3: "You, you, you
6: left the night before our wedding," and she was like, "Yeah, but it's a time machine. I would have come back at the same time."
3: It's always
4: going to be the night before our wedding. Yeah, or well, it's, for as no, long as it's we even, want. It's, it's That's as it. As we want. That's the
6: line. It should It can be the night before our wedding for as long as we want. Right. Mm-hmm
4: how do you think that makes Rory feel no it's, yeah that's I was it's, waiting for that's him to say devastating I was waiting for him to say something along the lines of like well I couldn't wait to get married yeah like, we could have had those moments as a married couple it doesn't there's no reason to postpone it because I wanted it to happen as soon as possible. That's, it made me think of what you always said about Amy having a problem with her, about being a two-timer, you know, leaving Rory at the altar. It's just the point of marriage. Uh, but again, we have to remember we are looking at life and marriage from a viewpoint, from a 20-year difference between, li- you know, us and Amy for, for someone who's younger and immature isn't really ready for marriage yet.
1: How old is Amy? I don't remember. She's
3: supposed to be in her early twenties. The eleventh hour is a seven-year-old girl living with her aunt. Seven. Seven.
1: Oh
4: wow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. And then does it? Say? And then twelve years later, so twelve plus seven is nineteen. So she's nineteen. She's as old as Rose. No, now. then there's two years. And then two
3: years later, oh, by the years. end of that episode, so she's oh, 21. 21. twenty-one. Twenty-one. Just twenty-one. Which starts. Being a full-time companion with the doctor. Yeah, yeah early twenties.
2: We don't do math on this podcast, please. <laughs> I, do, I didn't join this podcast. Um, to do Twenty-four,
3: math. twenty-five.
6: Still,
2: <laughs> then don't get
4: married. Well, yeah, she wasn't going to. If you can't handle it, don't get married. People don't know they can handle it yet. They think they can. They're expected to. All these expectations. They've been together forever.
0: In that fight that uh, we've been mentioning, Rory says, "We have to grow up eventually," and Amy says, "says who?" And it reminds me of the fourth uh-huh. Doctor, Tom Baker. What's the point of growing up if you can't be a little childish sometimes? Right. Just that, that childish it just reminds part you of that. just reminds me of the fourth Doctor.
3: But I think She's Arthur is such a good actor. You could see that in Rory when you are saying, like, I can't wait to get married. Oh, absolutely. So I think without having to say it, you feel it right. and you get it from him. And he does say, you know, we all have to grow up sometime. Mm-hmm. Or eventually. Right. Mm-hmm. Eventually. And what does well, Amy say? Yeah,
1: what's her response?
0: Says who?
3: And walks away. And it just... Right devastating but it shows that you know, i guess when we were younger you know we all felt the same way that marriage is some kind of oh, end so. to things because yeah. once you're married then you have to become an adult you have to have all these other responsibilities mm-hmm. rather than just a transition of being with somebody mm-hmm. yeah. she's not I... ready for that and i don't think she realizes how much she loves rory at this point
2: well because rory makes it rory makes it too easy on her he's always there he's very yeah. accessible yeah. and she she just knows he's not ever going to leave her or go anywhere so there's no like for her, having the life that she's had, there's no sense of urgency there's you know what's the Gloria difference what's the difference between marriage or not marriage at this point things are will change
3: but also the right and also on the other end, the doctor being the man of her dreams ever since she was a child right is mm-hmm. now here and has the yeah. opportunity to go on these adventures yeah. you know and it's you know falling in love with the doctor idea, but that's more of just superfluous you know in that it's all the excitement yeah. rather than any deep connection to. The i mean body.
2: i kind of understand it i yeah. kind of understand it's unfortunate that this man of your dreams returns the night before your wedding and that sucks yeah. right. i think she's selfish and she should just get over it and live her life but at the same time like i i do understand
6: <laughs> i would understand it and have some sympathy for her if we could edit the she was going to pounce on the doctor because to me, that moves it from doubts, which everybody has, to actively cheating on Rory. Mm. And I don't like that at all. And the whole time I'm watching this, I can't get that scene out of my head where it's like, no, you don't just have doubts. You were going to sleep with the doctor the night before you were marrying Rory. And to me, that's that's unconscionable.
3: But because of that kiss, that's what the doctor is like, okay, I got to get her eventuation off of me. Right. He goes back and gets Rory to go to, you know, the vampires in Venice and all you that. You didn't need the kiss so to spur that out. No, yeah. Rory's part of it. No, you didn't. But
5: that's and that's still the subtext of the Dream Lords' whole right. machination with this. Is is the Doctor really over Amy, or really right. like want Rory to come in to right. well, to be with Amy? Or I mean, he still has his own doubts. Apparently, if if those dark places it seems like are that. in there. But, but I
6: see those doubts as Amy's the type of person who wants the adventure. But at the same time, this is the Doctor's dream which I've always found fascinating. This isn't Amy's. This is the doctor's dream, and the doctor has subconsciously set this both up. To me, this is how I see it. Choose between Rory and an adventurous life.
3: Not... Being with the doctor, but that's what makes it so interesting, and that's why Rory has the ponytail, thinking that this is what makes him exciting. Where Rory, in reality, wouldn't—he—he he is exciting. He does have outside activities. It's—he's it not just that, but this is how the doctor sees him, because Rory, Rory could be Rory happy been... with being a nurse. Yeah, I always thought you know? that Rory's happy being a nurse. I didn't think he wanted to become a doctor. Right, but the doctor thinks no. You have to expire a bit more mm-hmm. to be something else. So he's like, no, I'm gonna put him as a doctor. You know, just—he's doing
6: that extreme <laughs> right. You must be in the most boring town that time forgot.
4: And that, yeah, so this is, that's good. I like that. This it's is like The only way you could be exciting
3: is if everything else was crazy <laughs> boring. And yeah, right. It's how he sees them, which is like, that's throwing it off with the whole hair and the, and the yeah. ponytail. I mean, no, that's what you think is exciting? Come
4: on. And to your earlier point, uh, that when the doctor, in the other episode, when the doctor goes and gets Rory to kind of put up a barrier in between him and Amy so she can not fall for him for, for the doctor. It's almost like, well, if I put someone else there, if I bring Rory here, then I don't have to worry about changing. I don't have to fix my boundaries. I'll just bring an obstacle in so I can still do whatever I want. So it's it's still scapegoating or, or shirking his personal responsibility as a, a friend or a companion of someone else to behave properly. I can still behave improperly as long as Rory's here.
3: Mm-hmm. But well, I, he's also... but I think he brought Rory more as a reminder of what she has Yes, had. yes,
4: but it also gave him permission to still flirt, yeah, and be exciting and 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 cocky, and, and he can still and, stay and on adventures them, with her, and, yeah, and still put them in danger because it's Rory who will, will keep them grounded. I don't have to worry about not getting almost getting them killed because Rory will worry about that for me.
2: Hmm.
4: It's and Rory
3: calls him on it. I mean, yeah. Vampires of Venice, He's just going, you keep putting people in danger. Yeah. Well, Rory gets angry at him in yeah. this too, which I really like, because that's setting up the contrast between the two.
2: A- Amy's not innocent yeah. either. I mean, she can make her own choices, but, but oh, yeah. um, Rory knows that Amy will make the wrong choice. <laughs> <laughs> and so does the doctor, so.
3: But she doesn't want to make a choice. That's her, the right, main right. issue with yeah, her. She wants both. She wants both.
2: Well, I meant more in general, not in necessarily in Amy's Choice, the episode. But I didn't even realize what I was doing. Well, <laughs> I think
3: in general, too, because she doesn't know, you know. I think also in general, but she doesn't know yeah. what she wants because she doesn't realize what Rory means to her. I knew everything it I wanted more when convenient I was 21. And just, you know, and he's just there, and it's really nice. And so she's worried about, if I choose this one, is there something better out there? Right. You know, Now the doctor's there showing her what's out there. And she's like, I need that time. I need to see that before committing to this. So that's why I think she's saying, it's the day before the wedding as long as we want, as long as I need to look around and decide. Because the marriage to her is so final. Yeah, Which I think we can all understand now more than... When oh, we first, God, yes. When we, first, <laughs> oh, <shut laughs> up. when we first met Amy, you know? We yeah. understand her a little bit more. And can yeah, hear that's what, what she's I'm saying. saying.
4: I, on subsequent watches of this season, I really like her. I think she's very interesting, but only in context of things you're not aware of the first time you watch it.
6: Exactly, yeah. Yeah.
4: Because I was totally with you, Brian, originally. Like, originally. Going through, it was just like, this gal's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but now understanding her journey it's not like a when you watch a movie and by the time you don't like someone they're already starting to come around like right. this, this takes a long time the end of this episode when i watched it last night made me really hook me into her because anyway we'll get to that
6: back in town the old woman is gone Piles of dust are all around the playground, which turns out to be the remains of the children. The retirees from the home approach as the Dream Lord taunts Amy to choose. The doctor says there's only one person who hates him this much, so now he knows who the Dream Lord is. An old person lifts Rory off the ground and tosses him aside with ease. The group opens their mouths to reveal an alien living inside each one of them. They spray a green mist towards Amy, but she and Rory are able to run away. The Doctor recognizes them as Echnodines, who were driven from their planet and came to live on Earth. They kill a passerby, and the Doctor warns them to leave the planet, but instead, they go after the Doctor.
4: Uh, And and thus begins the slowest chase. (laughs) She's
6: pregnant. <laughs>
4: uh, I, w- I will say this this episode and even the next one spatially, and I'm not even talking about that the old people can't run fast or whatever because that can be just as creepy. The logistics of geography just don't work. Filmmaking wise, in a lot of this episode, when people are dodging the, the green mm-hmm. mist, yeah. and um, and they probably could have shot it a little better to to make it work better, like in editing. But it it felt like an awkward stage play at times, action wise. But I, I loved everything else so much about the episode, I just overlooked it and had the cheesy silliness. Of you Doctor could argue or that or it works yeah. because
2: it's it's like a dream reality. It's like the episode with Donna yeah, where you it... blink and you're in a different place all of a sudden.
4: Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that.
3: I'll I'll, I'll geek. <laughs> you. I just don't like, want to say anything it, it, it's your bad. Acceptance. Don't say
2: anything bad. Okay. We can turn this around. Okay,
3: <laughs> I agree with you, Heather, because I thought the editing really helped with that. Oh, didn't bother that me
4: one pace. bit.
2: You're wrong, Josh. Hands oh,
4: down. Oh, the pace is fine. <laughs> it's just literally like the spatially.
1: Yeah. It was like, why did that green? Why didn't the green mist kill Amy? Yeah. But then kill the guy, the yeah. passerby, because it looked like the green mist was a lot closer to Amy than it was to the passerby, and he just. Disintegrated. And
4: even later on when the doctor comes out of the freezer and runs by them. And you, I mean, you can you,
6: you could rationalize it if you want, where it's like, well, maybe the green mist couldn't kill Amy. In this reality, only Amy could die by her choice. <laughs> oh, well, obvi- yeah. I mean, that's I like, like it. You could you, you know. could go that way.
3: And I think what you're saying, Josh, is valid. Totally. definitely valid. Totally. So I yeah. don't want to say that. It, it, it very I, it also could have disagree, very but... easily
4: been like, okay, we couldn't back the camera up anymore. It was a small location, <laughs> and if we did that, we we yeah, we would have did that. But we, I don't know or. My, My background is also in animation where you create all these things first. Right. You don't collect footage and then rain it together. If something doesn't work, you, you, know, <laughs> you know it's not working before it's even on the page or on the screen. So like That oh, is we... so opposite.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's,
4: it's basically like, oh, we got to move this over a little bit so it feels good spatially, and you basically create the world from scratch, and then you finish it. So I, I'm kind of trained to see anything that doesn't <laughs> work that way. Right. Yeah, like <laughs> also, the, for all you know, because of the weather, they had more than one crew, yeah. so they're not checking with each other. Yeah, you know, but it, all, all but that but it looked us.
6: great. I love that. Oh little yeah. castle turret. It's and, funny because yeah. this
4: episode and then and then the, uh, the Vincent Van episode. It reminds me, uh, you know, it's all these ancient locations, these churches and these buildings, and it's the sci-fi stuff. And then they go hide in a church, and I can't remember what episode it was. It's hungry art. Was oh. it Hungry Earth where they said uh, always hide in the oldest building? It's been. That's oh, a
0: Father's it, it, Day. Father's, Father's Day.
4: Day. Oh, okay, right. It was Father's Day oh, with like Eccleston. Um, so, but, but
6: but he does send them to a church in Hungry Earth. Right.
4: Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, that part makes sense and it's interesting, but it's also like if these things are shot in America, we don't have any sense of history like that, that that's why the show is so great to be shot there it was built <laughs> in the 80s yeah. <laughs> everybody, it's everybody ancient in that abandoned blockbuster <laughs> <laughs> that's now a Shake Shack <laughs> <laughs>
5: but well, when the when the kids are on the playground and the teacher tells them to go into the castle, yeah, my first like Bouncy American, yes. yeah, it's like a, or a playground uh, castle. Oh. I'm like, oh no, she means a real castle.
4: Well, my first thought was to. like, what
3: uh, are they on the field trip? You know, but no, it's next to the school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought the location was really nice. Oh yeah, I wish the weather would work with them, but no, I thought no, the, I thought the was
4: weather really was perfect. <laughs> I thought yeah. it
2: added to the uh, whole. You I, live in the most boring town in the world, and it's so, dreary here. Yeah.
5: The weather did make me feel like the age of the old people was more appropriate. Like, the, the weather and the constant rain and snow, like, it just made them age that much quicker.
0: Speaking to the old people and them kind of chasing, but not really chasing them, it reminded me a lot of uh, Dawn of the Dead, mm-hmm. George Romero, Dawn of the Dead, where there's the countryside and all the zombies are just ambling through. But yeah, it just reminded me of those zombies, and it's like, it's a yeah. force of nature rather than an impending lava threat. Yeah, Yeah, they're totally zombies. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that.
3: I love it. Is this a running joke that they're doing with um, Queen Elizabeth I? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. These are all again.
6: callbacks and <laughs> flash forwards and all that kind of stuff. Because at this point, it first started with Shakespeare Code, where Queen Elizabeth saw him and said, off with his head. And that's an old Queen Elizabeth. And then he says later, oh, i married Queen Elizabeth. Ha, <laughs> virgin queen. Ha. <laughs> um, and so now they're continuing that joke of, he likes redheads. What about Elizabeth I? Wow. So.
1: She thought she was the first.
6: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yes, there is a continuation of the the Doctor has some sort of past with
3: Elizabeth I. And I don't think the writers or any of the writers know. Oh, they it's like, a clue. We're just putting this in there and we'll figure it fun. out in a few years. We're going <laughs> to do and something I, I with it. I can't they they wait never for that episode. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yes. What, yeah. Josh? I hope we never know.
5: I mean, I definitely feel because <laughs> I started with Eccleston and Tenet, like, those seasons I know really, really well, or at least I've seen them more often. And especially starting now, like, I, I think I've watched it all once, but not in the way that, like, I, I remember everything that's going to be happening. So this is really fun to oh, this is great. go back through.
0: The pensioners divide and some of them follow Amy and Rory to their house where they barricade themselves inside. The doctor runs inside a butcher shop when the birds begin again. The dream lord taunts him while the doctor locks himself in the freezer before sleeping his way back to the TARDIS. The doctor and Rory argue about which world is real. Amy thinks a sun burning cold cannot be true so obviously this is a dream. The Dream Lord appears and decides to divide them up. Rory and the Doctor fall asleep, leaving Amy on the TARDIS with the Dream Lord. There's a couple things here that I like. Um, The first one is when Amy and Rory are in the house And uh, they say, like, the doctor just came back into our lives, and he took that bullet for us. He'll be fine. You know the doctor. He's Mr. Cool. And it cuts to him, like, trying to fight the sleep and wobbly running (laughs) through the street. It just made me laugh so much when when he did that. And then he gets into the butcher shop, and he flips the sign to open and close twice. (laughs) like You know it's it's (laughs) correct.
3: (laughs) That was a great bit. Yeah. Yeah
0: and then further once the dream lord appears in the butcher shop and he's like we've got lots of steak
3: there's lots at stake (laughs) here and i love that line (laughs) I thought it was interesting that it was the doctor who first came up with separating. It's like, if some of us would stay in that world and some stay on the TARDIS, we could find things out quicker. But the dream Dream lord Lord keeps putting us in one together. And And then then the the dream lord Lord has the idea, yeah, we should separate you guys.
1: (laughs) The idea that you could be killed while awake in the dream world was very scary. Especially when they're outside and they fall asleep outside with the threat out there with them.
6: Oh, oh, you like, mean the time is when passing fall... in both yeah, at the same speed? Yeah,
1: because time keeps passing. And he says to them, don't both. spend
6: too long in the village. It's going right. to get mighty cold in here. Yeah,
1: Right, and then on the TARDIS, they could die of freezing. And in the village, they could die by being green smoke and then disintegrating. And the fact that that could happen while you're awake in the other world, right? I think is pretty... Pretty darn scary. Yeah.
3: That's that was country. the scariest part, I think. But that's why I liked Amy making the ponchos on the blankets. So that's <laughs> a little bit stay... <little> of levity. <laughs> but but it's also oh. they'll stay warm oh, okay. and they won't fall off. It's and like... they're gonna die dignified like a Peruvian Peruvian folk band. Well <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I thought that was a smart idea. But I wish she would have covered them up with another blanket while they were there and she was awake.
5: On on first watching when the doctor was stumbling, it's one of like I felt like Okay, how how long does it take to go to sleep? Because he took a long time to He was fighting to go to sleep. it though. He wasn't
4: fighting it though.
5: He was fighting it, and upon like. Uh fully understanding the nature of what is happening, right. it makes a lot of sense, makes, because the dream lord is just yeah. playing with him and keeping yeah. him, like, yes, it does make sense, but on first watching, it's like, geez, like,
4: fall asleep already or don't. It's but. like when you're streaming your seventh episode of a show, and it's <laughs> two o'clock in the morning.
6: Yeah. Rory wakes up in their home next to a sleeping Amy. Old people are breaking in, so he pulls her upstairs to the nursery. Out the window, he sees more old people arrive and secures the nursery door. The doctor awakes in the freezer and opens the door, Sonics the ceiling lights to explode, and makes a run for it. He hijacks a van and on his way to Amy and Rory's gathers townspeople to get them away from danger. He drops them off at a church, tells them to be safe, and continues on.
2: I always think it's so weird to watch the doctor drive a car. I don't know why. Well,
0: well then, Heather, don't watch any of the third doctor. Yeah, no, yeah, he only the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, at this point, it, I think this is the best use of the 11th doctor's theme because it feels dangerous as he's driving away and getting away from all these uh older people zombies and i thought that because um in i think vampires of venice it comes out of nowhere in another piece of music where this one it fits like that that uh, urgency is there with that piece of music
4: When he was in danger in the butcher shop, I felt like the doctor's theme had more of an ominous key. Where it felt like this is—it's the same tune, but now he's in danger. It didn't sound heroic, and I thought it was a really good Mm -hmm. use of it.
3: Did anyone else think that in the butcher shop, the doctor's falling asleep, but then the Dream Lord kind of wakes him up and says, "No, I'm not ready for you to fall asleep yet." A little bit, Mm -hmm. yeah, because he wanted to torture him. Yeah, or play with him. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, (laughs) mentally torture.
4: And like like Auburn said, in hindsight makes sense.
3: Or was it to try and save the doctor? Because the townspeople were coming. Right. It's like if you fall asleep here, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Oh maybe And he's not ready for it. it.
4: Because if he did die
5: there, he would have woken up on the TARDIS. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Possible. So No, he would have
3: Possible. the, the, the game would have been up. I know, but that's a storyline. It's like no it could have yeah. been dead. Oh, yeah, it could have been dead, but
0: uh, in the nursery room, I think this is where these lines are. I just I, I wrote them down. It's uh, Amy says, I think the baby's starting. Rory, honestly, would I make it up at a time like this? Well, you do have a history of being very lovely. <laughs> yeah, was <laughs> <Yeah.
2: It's> great. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah,
2: yeah. Arthur Darvill is fantastic. Uh, yes, I can't. I see, the only problem is every time he plays another role, I I have a hard time not seeing yeah. him as Rory. He plays other roles. <laughs> <laughs> no, that. he's just Rory in other shows.
0: Amy questions the Dream Lord about who he is. He questions her about which man she will choose. Once she chooses, the nightmare will end. Dashing adventurer or ponytail boy? The Dream Lord transports to the other reality, joining the doctor in the van. He asks why the doctor calls these companions friends when he leaves them and never comes back. At the nursery, Amy wakes up and Rory cuts off his ponytail for her and she had just started to like it. At that moment, the doctor crawls in through the second story window. The old woman climbs to another window and breaks into the room. She attacks Rory with the green mist. The doctor pushes her out the window, but cannot help Rory. As he lies next to Amy, his body crumbles to dust.
2: There's so many great things that happen in this part. First, he cuts the, yeah. po- First, he cuts the ponytail off, and he does it like it's the most heroic thing. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, but this is how I feel. The episode's called Amy's Choice. It's his cutting the ponytail that makes her choose. Is it? Yeah, because that's the moment she realizes that Rory will change for her. No, Rory, Rory will.
1: I
4: don't. Oh, no, because her either. reaction is, "I was beginning." The doctor to... will never change. But I was beginning to like it. So she. Was yeah, already but she knows. It, but what? she's
6: be- she's getting used to it. Hmm. I think to to me it's that
4: moment. That's
6: when she realizes what Amy will do for her. What yeah, right. Rory will do. Rory, her. Sorry, what Rory will do for her.
4: I uh I think that contributes to it, but I think it's the moment that happens. Yeah. later when he act- the next seal the yeah, deal. Actually, but yeah, to you- me,
6: it's this is what.
4: Yeah,
6: you you've it's rendered part
2: of it. me speechless. I really don't know what to think about that. Well, I I thought it was going to be controversial, but that's how
4: I see it. After he dies, she says, I didn't know until now, like, to actually feel the loss. Because she grew up with Rory, so she doesn't, she's never experienced life without him. So to actually feel that loss and feel what it's like to live without him, that's the only way she was able to realize what he meant to her.
6: And for me, that's fine, that's acceptable, but it's a cliché. Hmm. it's used all the time. It's like I didn't realize I loved them until they were gone. Until they were gone. I think she really realizes she loves Rory when he cuts the ponytail off. And it's also one of those, it's a silly, stupid little thing. Who cares about the ponytail? Rory is just the coolest, greatest guy for Amy ever. That's how I look at it and and every time I watch it I feel more that way the moment he cuts the ponytail off it was like
2: oh he cuts his ponytail I actually don't hate that idea I I know you probably expected that I would but I don't hate that idea because I I
3: got
2: one (laughs) well I feel like there's merit in it and they make such a big deal about the ponytail anyway and maybe it's not maybe it's not completely a joke maybe it has some meaning
6: to me, that's the that's the reason why the ponytail is in the story. Because he has this silly, stupid thing. He thinks this is what makes him a rebel and wild. Amy doesn't like it. And so at the end, when they're about to die, he says, oh, you don't like this, I'm getting rid of it. It
2: is kind of, it's the most it's tender exchange a, that they have in the whole episode.
6: Exactly. And to me, it would be just too much of a cliche of, Rory's dead, I need Rory back. To me, it's like she needed a moment beforehand to remember what it is she likes about Rory in life.
4: Also, to your point, he sa- <laughs> symbolically he sacrificed what he thought made him cool. The doctor would never sacrifice what he thinks makes him
3: cool.
6: Exactly, the doctor will never change.
3: He'd never give up his bow ties for anything. <laughs> How about this to add on to it, Brian? This is the doctor's dream. This is the doctor's idea of what makes Rory cool. Makes Rory cool. Right. Rory's cutting that part off mm. and being just Rory So that's what she sees and it's like I was kind of kind of liking it but she sees that's Rory so that could be I'm trying to back you up there. <laughs> I'm looking at it a little differently I'll to... me too. Look You've at it a little bit more. You've changed but me. But it is a good point. I like that. I like seeing things a little bit differently now.
6: And it just it's a little thing, but I think it's the important it's because it, it is a little things. It's like he has one tiny sweet little moment.
2: That's probably how he got her in the in the end, in the first place anyway. It's how he, probably how they got engaged. Yeah. And...
6: Um This is the doctor's dream, not Amy's. The doctor is telling Amy, I am not going to change. Rory will. He's telling her that in a subconscious way. Mm -hmm. He needs her to understand that, that yes, you're going to have this live with me, but it's going to come to an end because it always has come to an end. She needs to realize that she is in love with Rory. He went back and got Rory from the bachelor party to keep these two together. He's now in a dream state where she is being told she has to choose between the two of them. He's saying, I'm never gonna change and you have Rory I think it's the doctor the doctor isn't making Rory cutting his hair off the doctor is allowing in the dream Amy to see something of how much Rory loves Amy and what Rory is as opposed to what the doctor is and it's so sweet and it's like I'm sorry but you're in the middle of this death crisis and you're cutting your ponytail who cares Hmm. but she does she looks at him, the way she looks at him, and it's just kind of like... And yeah, she does make a joke. Oh, I was just it's beginning a, to like it. It's
3: a sweet joke. It's not as it's sarcastic. Sweet. She's not, was, yeah, she's not trying to hurt him. Oh it. my gosh, you actually did that, and it's a touching part. His face is comical as an I didn't have to do this <laughs> kind of Look. <laughs> But I think from Rory's point of view, he doesn't know if she loves him. He doesn't know if he loves her. He doesn't know if it's reciprocated, and I also, especially I since doesn't. putting off the wedding, well, going off with the and doctor. And I also
4: think it's a bit of, she really doesn't know how much I love her.
0: Yes. And, and that's why he has to well, keep proving does. himself, like yeah. cutting off the ponytail. Yeah. Right. Which, to me, is my favorite.
6: If
4: you couldn't tell this, my that was the favorite moment for me. I don't think I don't think Amy isn't ready to love Rory, or, or to be with Rory, I think she's just not ready to be married, so it's not about him, it's about what the marriage represents or has represented up until this moment.
3: Well, then maybe it's just me. I don't know how much she loved him well, from right. what we've seen. I don't seen.
4: even think she did. I think she was just enmeshing those two ideas, marriage and Rory together, when in reality, it really wasn't about Rory. There's two she different issues just for like, her. Oh, Of course I'm going to be with you, Rory. Just not right now. Like, she's not ready to settle down, but she knows when she does, it's going to be Rory. And I on a certain level.
1: I agree. I have a theory about Amy. Um... I have a theory about Amy uh, that, that is very much in line with what Josh was saying. For me, I see Amy as an independent, free spirit who inconveniently fell in love with Rory.
6: I just wish it was written better then. I just, I don't like her. And again, if that whole scene it where she's going after the doctor, it's like, if that wasn't there, maybe I would feel different and I would understand her conflict. But she already committed. She committed to cheat on Rory. And at this point it's just like, no, Rory's awesome. You're not.
0: That's to l- me. To line things up <laughs> a little bit when the doctor pushes the elderly woman off of the <laughs> roof. <laughs> yeah. It made me laugh. Yeah. This time, I don't know why. It's obviously a stunt double.
6: <laughs> I also love the fact that they he grabs a tiny lamp to push her, because I'm sure they were like, we can't have the doctor physically grab an old woman and push her off a roof.
0: Uh, uh, it, it just reminds me of, like, the juxtaposition between the, the stakes, the emergency of this, and then the doctor wobbly running through. It, that was beautifully executed, and then this, where <laughs> the doctor pushes somebody off of a ledge <laughs> and then um to bring it down a little bit when rory and the doctor meet up in the top uh rory asks why are why are they so desperate to kill us the doctor responds with they're scared fear generates savagery and i just thought that was so poignant yeah. uh, in our political climate today
2: eggs
1: yeah it's almost like um with all the companions we see them falling in love with the doctor, but what they're really falling in love with is what the doctor brings. But instead of falling in love with that, they equate all that excitement with the doctor, because we talk about our companions falling in love with the doctor in the sense of adventure. But the doctor has remained pretty constant and not a likable person if he didn't have.
0: And he's been upfront about it.
1: The box, yeah, yeah.
6: And the and the Dream Lord, the Doctor is saying to the Doctor why do you call these people friends? Mm-hmm. You just leave them. In the you end. just leave them. You just abandon them. And that is consistently what the doctor has done and will continue to do because, you know, that's the reality of TV production. But, <laughs> in, you know, this is, what, this is a theme that Stephen Moffat's going to pick up on and he's going to continue it. Hmm. Where it is like, how do you treat your companions when they leave
0: is something that Moffat's thought about a lot speaking of that i think this is at the point in the episode where the dream lord asks amy how well do you know the doctor has he even told you his name so i think that's the first time we get the mention of the doctor's name yeah that's the first time in this season that they mention the doctor's name which is their go-to oh you know him so well what's his name it's like his name is the doctor
2: (laughs) why do you even care
6: since the doctor is useless and can't save him Amy makes her choice. This world must be the dream. If they die here, they will wake up in reality and she will be with Rory. If not, she will at least be with Rory in death. As she and the doctor leave the house, none of the old people attack them. Amy takes the keys to the van from the doctor and they both get inside. She drives at full speed into the house, killing them both. They wake up partially frozen on the TARDIS floor. The dream lord says, fair is fair, turns on the power to warm them up and moves the TARDIS away from the cold star. He has been defeated and says his farewell. Amy hugs Rory as the doctor begins activating switches and levers on the console panel. He believes the Dream Lord cannot affect reality and was showing them two dream worlds. They
0: need to die in both to wake up. The TARDIS explodes. Rory's death when I first watched this was so impactful. Karen Gillum's acting is what sells it for me because uh, when he turns to dust, he says, Rory says, take care of our baby. And he doesn't know that this is the dream and it's it's just heartbreaking. And then the doctor mouths Amy like she he feels sorry for her. At that moment, and then Amy says, save him. You save everyone. You always do it. It's what you do. The doctor responds with, not always. He pauses and then says, I'm sorry. Then Amy replies with, then what is the point of you? That really, like, really got me. I was like, this is a great episode (laughs)
6: because of that. And the moment that got me was when they're right outside the van and... Mm -hmm. He's saying, you know, what if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? What if you're wrong? Yeah. She looks at him and says, I just want him. And the, the Doctor's response is, okay. And that's it. Yeah. He and hops that, in the van with her.
4: And that's the point in the episode where he says to her, the Dream Lord does, you have to choose between the Doctor and Rory. But the actual episode, to me, the choice is with or without Rory. Like, mm-hmm. either with Rory or death. Like, uh, her, her final choice. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's kind of like that, a bit of a mislead on purpose with the title. And he says that line of... Um, His his name is the
6: Dream Lord. He can't affect reality. He can affect dreams. So these are both a dream. It's a very logical conclusion. Something that I think the Doctor would come to eventually. I don't know exactly when he got to it, but I think he suspects. And he also does realize we're not staying in a reality without Amy's. Not staying in a reality without Rory. So yeah, we're good. He's also watching
2: her go through this the same way that we are as viewers and he is also Mm -hmm. affected by it the way that we were and this is the result that i think he wanted (laughs) um all along and so i think he just trusts her he just goes with it like okay this is what you know this is this is kind of what i was hoping would happen even though it's terrible yeah I,
5: I think right before this, the doctor was expressing doubts about whether or not the TARDIS was real. Because for most of the episode, he was saying that the TARDIS was the real world. So, And now, after Brian's comment, I think it is because he's putting together that they're both dreams. But in the moment, it was very nice to have those doubts play out, and he was still willing to go along with Amy, even not being fully confident that they were going to wake up after this car crash.
6: Yeah, I still, like I I said, my favorite thing is I just want him. And the doctor says, okay, he's not fighting anymore at that point. And I think that's sincere. I think that's real. Up until that point, I think he really was like,
4: what if if we're wrong? Mm -hmm. What if we're wrong? Mm -hmm. What if we're wrong?
6: He's had little hints, but what
4: if you're wrong? I also think there's some there's a remnant of um, survivor's guilt too from the, the, the time war. Like this is she's going through a loss like, like, like he went through to a certain extent. And I think all along, like just like what we find out who the Time Lord is at the end, like he feels like he deserves this. Like if this is if we're gonna die in this moment, I deserve it anyway. I've been po- I've been post I've been putting it off for long enough. I couldn't even save Rory. I let I couldn't even save my people. I guess this is the time that I go.
6: Um, there's also a part of me that thinks he couldn't get enough speed going through that well, garden. No to, way. Oh,
4: that, oh no. and that's part of my argument earlier. <laughs> yeah, it's things like that throughout the episode. That, yeah, that, so that is the kinda, only thing about the episode. That was the that only
2: one. That's, I mean, that was granted, the only one. Where I'll a, give it to you. I'll give it to you guys. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. But then you logic it away. It's a dream. It's the act of doing that also that, also yeah, that is yeah. important. Um, uh, when the Dream Lord concedes and says "fair is fair," it reminded me of uh, Mr. Michal Pitalik as like the imp playing with Superman. And he's like, ah, you won the game. Fair is fair. Or Q from Star Trek. (laughs) But yeah, it's just like Q when he's playing with Picard and then, you know, he's like, okay, you won, I'm done. And I kind of like that in a villain where he's like, these are the rules of the game and you won. I don't know, it's simple.
2: But it's never that simple, Eugene.
0: (laughs) I know, that's why I like it, because it's not that simple. (laughs) The TARDIS explodes and they all wake up in the real TARDIS. The doctor shows them specks of psychic pollen that was caught in the time rotor. It induced the dream state, feeding on the dark side of his psyche and turning it against him. Meaning, the dream lord was part of the doctor, the part that he feared. He releases the pollen into the cold of space. Amy tells Rory that she crashed the van after he died in that world. They kiss and all agree, it's Amy's choice where to go next.
4: I really like how they didn't spell out what she meant when she explained it to Rory. Like he yeah. figured it all out silently. And we didn't need some explanation.
6: All right, all right. Yeah, I know, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was already dead. Yes,
4: figure it out.
3: <laughs> Don't make me say uh, it.
2: Brian, I, I know you were saying earlier that you were kind of disappointed by who the Dream Lord actually ended up being. Um, do you feel any different? At the time. Do you... Okay, I was going to ask, do you feel any different now that we've just talked about it? Because I do. <laughs>
6: yes, very much. I, Yeah, and I mean, I've, I've felt different about it for a little while now.
2: See, but I've always been kind of, even though, even with my love of this episode, I've always been kind of bummed out by that ending. But I feel like I've never really thought of this as being, well, I knew it was the doctor's dream. But just the way we've talked about how it's the doctor's subconscious way of sort of... <sighs> You know, because obviously, he, I think a large part of the doctor would like Amy to choose him, but uh, but obvious, the goal here, I think, is to get her to not choose him. So just this internal battle that he's had in his mind, it's made me actually just understand this ending so much better, just in this last hour.
6: Hmm. Also, the other thing, too, is on repeat viewings, I really pick up and identify with the line where the Doctor says, there's only one person who hates me this much, so I know who the Time Lord, I know who that's the so Dream sad. Lord is. And it's like, yeah, ah, but it it's is. so true.
4: Yeah, And I think that's why he always needs a companion, because if he's alone, he just he doesn't like himself. Yeah. And that's why he's always telling everyone and himself how great he is. But
6: that, to me, gives it an okay for it at the end to be the Doctor.
4: Yeah. Well, what confused me well, the first time I watched it, and I didn't like it, now I think it's fine, is that... So, I, I would I was questioning, so did the spores have, like, mal-intent? L- like, were they evil spores, or they, they just affected his mind and his own internal his, battles yeah. manifest?
6: He does refer to them as parasites. They're evil. I don't, I don't think they're sentient. Right, I just right. think they do what they that, do. I, I, Which, I, I don't
3: understand why he releases them. To destroy them, the way that he was talking about, but how destructive they were. It's a life form. Got to give it a second chance.
5: And they only initiated the dream state because they got caught in the time rotor and heated up up. with, but with time rotor energy,
4: not just normal heat.
5: But I'm thinking, out of the cold
3: of space, will keep them dormant. But it's just like you know, it's a potential problem.
4: Yeah. It's the hippie. That's why he's new. Lock VW them up
3: in one part of the TARDIS, but just to release them to, you know, to cause havoc he's, later on. He's not Superman. He doesn't have a zoo in his Fortress of Solitude.
6: It's kind of like tapestry and the Next Generation. Q sets a world in moment in motion, where Picard is not the captain. He's a lowly lieutenant because he changed his life, and he tells he tells Picard everything that happens won't affect anybody else but you. But everything that you do affects you. Make your choice. So. You know, the doctor, this is the doctor's dream, but the doctor's not controlling the dream. The doctor's dark psyche created the world and it didn't create the world to say at the end of this crisis, Amy will be with Rory. It was the doctor's psyche created this and this at the end of this at the end of this crisis, Amy will have made her choice.
2: Yeah, perhaps it's like real life pollen, where if your immune system is already compromised, it will make you. Uh, feel sick so if the doctor is already having these guilt this guilt and these thoughts he maybe he's more susceptible to whatever this freak stuff is that's exactly
4: it well it's like a real it's like a real dream your dreams are just your subconscious sorting out all your bs in your head so that's what happened here this was already a part of him it just plopped them in the middle of it yeah
1: I like that it ends up being the doctor who's the dream Lord because it's such a small uh, such a small ending in a way. It's mm-hmm. not a great big villain. It's the right. doctor's subconscious that when you watch it on repeat repeat viewing, you forget that that's yeah. who the dream Lord is because it's so almost insignificant that what that's what makes this episode a fun repeat viewing one because you don't remember or you may not remember how it ends. Yeah.
4: And as cheesy as it was, that little moment where he sees the dream lord in his reflection, uh, I really like that because it's like, you know this, it's basically the himself
3: saying to himself, this ain't going away. I'm still here. Yeah, this problem is still happening. Well, I think it's explained really well when at the very beginning, they're sitting on the bench and he goes, so what do you do to offset all of the thing? And she says, boredom, go self-harm. Oh, yeah, that oh, was so I good. Oh, that was hysterical. that this <laughs>
6: I'd like Rory's last line, I'm happy going anywhere. And it should be Amy's choice. And Rory's just like, I'm happy going anywhere because I'm with Amy. And he doesn't need to say I'm with Amy. And he's also saying, I'm happy to be in the TARDIS. I'm happy to be with the Doctor because I'm with Amy.
0: So we mentioned uh, Toby Jones as the Dream Lord earlier. Oh, that
4: was Toby Jones? (laughs) What's he been in? in?
0: (laughs) Rewind about an hour and a half. (laughs)
4: It's it's funny. You know, he sounds like Dobby on (laughs) Harry Potter. Not that he looks like him at all, but he really reminded me of uh, the actor who plays Moriarty in the Sherlock series in a lot of moments, and I don't know why. Something about his mouth and his smile just kept reminding me of him. Anyway.
0: Nick Hobbs, he plays Mr. Nainby. He was the guy that I think gave the candy to Rory when he was young, and he's uh, he's a stuntman. Oh. He was a stuntman in most recently in Wonder Woman, uh, Harry, P- a bunch of the Harry Potter movies, uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, Game of Thrones, and he has classic Who connections with uh, being a Wern operator in The Ark in Space Part Four and a an Auton and a Daffodil Man in Terror of the Autons. So both episodes we have done.
5: And he must he worked on the same stuff that Toby Jones did. You said yes
0: with Captain America. Uh, he also played. I don't think I've seen this one, but uh, Agador, alongside the third doctor, John Pertwee, in the st- story... Oh, I have seen this. The Curse of Peladon and the Monster of Peladon. I haven't seen the Monster of Peladon. And he was also a lorry driver in the Claw of Axos. Where do they get the word lorry? I just I just don't get no...
4: Where'd lorry come from? Anyway. Uh, lorry, a truck along Flat Wagon, <laughs> yes. 1838, British railroad word, probably from the
0: verb lurry to
4: pull.
2: tug. <laughs> Now we know.
6: There you go. Still stupid.
0: Joan Linder plays Miss Hamill. Audrey Ar- Ardington plays Miss Poggett. And she was in the Sarah Jane Adventures, The Eye of Gorgon. She was the abbess. And that's the one with the nun and the nun ghost at the Old Folks Home episode.
5: And I think we should give a shout out to the director. I know you mentioned her name at the beginning, but Catherine Moore's head. I mean, I think just like this, this show was really...
4: Um, Working at a lot of levels. Yeah,
5: and I think a lot of it has to do with the writer and director. But yeah, definitely give credit to the director. I looked her up a little bit. She worked on um, Shameless, mm-hmm. which was a, originally a British show. Sure. Yeah. So like, s- and, and some other things are kind of in that vein of like dramatic people coming together and having those like quick conversations and on levels.
0: So. And she will be doing another Doctor Who episode, oh, great. Uh, The Lodger okay so amy's choice who is this episode good for or more specifically this episode is good for who a new viewer a casual viewer a fan of the show or a diehard
3: i'm gonna go with casual i'm going right to it aren't i (laughs) i think it could be i thought for just a regular first time would be too much back and forth not really invested in the characters I think if you know, understand a little bit more about what Doctor Who is, just a casual viewer, you'd pick up on this. It explains a lot between the two worlds and what her choice is. So I think you'd still enjoy it. Casual.
5: I'm, I'm gonna say a new viewer, both because I really enjoyed the episode, and also I think it gives you a little bit of that timey whiminess in the beginning before you understand what the, the switching is all about you, you're presented with oh they're five years in the future and then they're going back in time uh, it doesn't last long but it gives you a little bit of that and I mean just the humor the, the directing the acting is all so good in this episode I feel like hopefully somebody watching it would be more intrigued to continue watching other episodes
4: yeah, I agree with you, Auburn. Uh, I think this is good for uh, a new viewer because it's got everything that we that Doctor Who is, especially the heart of it, where I think someone who's never watched it wouldn't even think this that was an aspect of the show. They think it's just cheesy sci-fi, and when the show is that, it's just a backdrop for all this uh, very emotional and psychological. Storylines, and I think it also has a tons a ton of stuff there. Obviously, like we've been saying, for diehards and people like that, so it works on all the levels. But I think there's so much good stuff and fun stuff in here that uh, I'd be I'd be good to show this to a new viewer.
1: Um, I'm going to agree with Frank. Um, I think I I I could show this to a new viewer because I agree with Auburn. It's such a solid episode, but I. Um, I don't think you're going to get as much out of it if you because there is Um, such a focus on relationships in this episode that I would either have to explain a lot to the new viewer to help them understand who Rory is and who the Doctor is and who both of them are to Amy. Um, So I think a casual viewer would, um, this is best for a casual viewer who already knows a little bit about Amy and Rory and Doctor and their relationships. And then and on top of that, I also think this is a great repeat um, episode for a fan. Uh, I just I enjoy this episode every time I watch it. But um, I'm gonna go with casual.
6: I too. I'm gonna say casual because it's worthy of being a new Who viewer. But I don't want to rob the new viewer of seeing things that they're not familiar with the context. So I want them to know how they all relate to each other. Um, it would be great for a new viewer because there's no big mystery there's no crack in the wall in this episode it is very standalone um but i don't know if a new viewer would get confused at the end with that shot in the in the mirror in the reflection reflection, uh, when you see toby jones again it's almost like oh is this like a horror movie you thought you defeated the villain and it's just going to show back up so i would say a casual person somebody who's familiar with what Doctor Who is, who these characters are, I think they would love it.
2: I have the unique perspective of being a New Who viewer with this episode, and this is my very first Doctor Who episode ever.
0: That's why we switched things around so she could be on this episode.
2: (laughs) Yes, it's essential that I be on this episode. So I can tell you from experience that I technically kind of agree with you, Kelsey and Frank and Brian. Um, because I had no idea what the hell was going on, and, uh, however, I agree with myself that it's for a new Who viewer as well, because that is exactly what wet my appetite and made me go back to the first episode, because I really, really wanted to know what the hell I just saw, <laughs> and, um, I was willing to watch five seasons to get there, so. I went back to Christopher Eccleston. Wow. Yeah. And I was familiar with the concept that there was multiple actors for the Doctor, and I, mm-hmm. I knew the, what a TARDIS was, and that was the extent of my knowledge. So, um, I, I don't disagree with you choosing casual, because I definitely was very lost. Um, but being lost just happened to have a positive effect on my view of the show. So, uh, I really like this episode because, it's, because it was my first, and Matt Smith is my Doctor because he was my first. So, now... That probably explains a lot about my feelings (laughs) in general towards this show. Um, And this was the first episode where I almost sort of kind of started to like Amy a tiny bit. And it also made you understand that maybe Amy being so unlikable before was intentional part of showing character growth. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with new and thank you for letting me talk about this episode. I like it a lot.
6: (laughs) Now that I know what Heather thinks, I'd like to change my answer to Die Hard.
3: (laughs) How hard do you want me to slap him?
6: (laughs) Oh, have you not met me yet? Yeah, I've met you. I have the pleasure.
3: That says it all. (laughs) I'm not an ogre.
0: Uh, Amy's choice is, this episode reminds me a lot of other things that I mentioned, like with uh, Q and Star Trek and um, Total Recall. With uh, the different realities and deciding which one is the real one versus which one is the fantasy. <laughs> and then even so far as to another Superman reference with, um, I think it's one of his annuals, The Black Mercy. where it's Yes, a, yes, yes. Where it's a fantasy reality of what you have in your subconscious, what you want. What you want, yeah. Yeah. And I kept thinking, do I know somebody that was introduced to this episode? And I just kept thinking... <laughs> Who is this good for? Oh, that's right. Heather was introduced to this episode, so for me, it is a new Who viewer for Amy's choice. Yes, it's a pretty, pretty. See, simple. Heather, Heather, just has the intelligence to know <laughs> this is really good, and yeah, I'm going to well, figure
6: it out. The common person's going to be I'm confused, but also Heather said
0: we had points where she was confused.
3: Yeah, but she's one of
0: those, and I'm going to figure them out. But I still, I still know that person. Mm-hmm. Who was confused the right amount, <laughs> the right amount to yeah. go back and rewatch right and get amount. up to that point.
2: Well yes, I agree that not everybody will be confused the right amount, which is why I also think that Kelsey and Frank have have are right too. I think everybody is right.
6: <laughs> I made a bad joke and then I made a good comment. Come on. <laughs> You're I'm saying you were intelligent. You could.
2: You it Oh, yeah, it out. no, I appreciate that. Thank you very much.
0: Because it's true. Oh. I'm going to whine some more. Well, I guess it's you coming. haven't met Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
0: So that wraps up Amy's Choice. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time when the future becomes the present. Or the past. Or the other past you've just listened to an episode of who knew our wonderful theme music is by michael grady
1: find him on facebook at the universe explodes
0: all our episodes are engineered by
3: auburn you can find him at auburnbinkley.com you can also find this show in several places follow us on twitter at who knew podcast subscribe review and listen to us on
4: itunes and stitcher
1: or our youtube channel youtube.com slash who knew podcast
6: visit our facebook page Please leave comments, reviews, and click like to help support Who New
5: Podcast. Also, listen to us on your Amazon Echo by enabling a podcast skill.
0: All our episodes
3: are on whonewpodcast.com. This podcast is inspired by Doctor Who.
1: The longest-running sci-fi show in history.
3: And especially The Revival, spearheaded by Russell T. Davis.
6: Thanks to Russell, Sidney Newman, Verity Lambert, Ron Grainer, Delia Darbyshire,
1: and all those involved in the adventures of our favorite Time Lord.
6: Your work continues to inspire and entertain.
0: Hey, this is Eugene. Got a quick update on Rose City Comic Con that is happening again on September 13th through the 15th at the Oregon Convention Center in Portland, Oregon. The Who New podcast will be there. We'll have some new buttons and some other things to give out. We hope to see and meet some of you listeners out there. For Saturday, the big Doctor Who thing going on is going to be at 3.25 p.m. in Room 1. I'm just going to read this from uh, the Rose City Comic Con website. Join us for this extra-large panel. First up, she's one of the most beloved companions in Doctor Who, Billy Piper Rose. Then midway through, you'll get to see the man who helped bring the series back to greatness, Christopher Eccleston. If you're a Whovian, this is a panel you won't want to miss. That's gonna be a big 80-minute panel on Saturday, 3.25 p.m. in room one. Also on Saturday, in room seven, me and Josh will be having a conversation. The animation is gonna be specific to are parts of the entertainment industry. Josh is currently a supervising director, and I have been in the entertainment industry for a number of years, so we are going to be talking about mostly his career, but we're going to just be talking about animation in general. And then on Sunday, the Hoonu podcast is going to bring you back to back Doctor Who panels. In room four at noon on Sunday, we are going to be doing our season five overview. For many people, Matt Smith was their first doctor, so we're doing his first official season as the doctor. With Jodie Whittaker having her first season under the belt, we thought it was appropriate to do a retrospective for the fans that are gonna be in Portland, Oregon. And then following that panel, we're gonna stay in the same room, room four, at 1 p.m., and we'll be doing a Doctor Who trivia game. Most of our panelists will be from the podcast, and we might throw it out to the audience, And we're going to have some prizes for those who participate. For information and tickets, please go to RoseCityComicCon.com. We hope to see you there.